Hey folks, this is Judd, and I am daydreaming about dragons again. And I thought I would talk a little bit about my Stars Without Number game, and I would do it through a post-game email, which is something that I send to the players after a game. Uh, maybe you do this, maybe you don't. And uh, I'm just going to go through the email and talk up and then stop at each point i've got it put it up into sections and so i'll go go through the email stop at each point talk about how what i'm doing and how i'm doing it and uh I'll just use that email as a way to talk about gaming and and what i'm thinking about gaming lately cool so the subject of the email is the taking of free trader grandma's trusty rifle and grandma's trusty rifle is the name of the free trader ship that they uh took uh, last game, they knew it was going to have a uh, bunch of military surplus gear on it, and they uh, they space docked with it. Uh, it was cool what, what they did. The, their whole plan was neat. Um, but anyway, it's a it's a weird name. The reason why they're named that is because the the crime family that they're currently feuding with was founded by their grandmother, who was a space marine, a Terran space marine back in the old days, and. Uh, so a lot of their ships are named Grandma's Trusty Rifle, Grandma's Wooden Spoon, stuff like that. A lot of the, the ship's names are to honor their grandmother. Cool. Uh, so let's go to the first uh, section, which is so the, free tra- the, the, the name of it is The Taking of Free Trader Grandma's Trusty Rifle. If our adventure last night had a name, that would be it, right? Cool. XP. Everyone present take four XP for the past session. Good plan, good execution, good stuff. I knew they had a big fucking gun out of the box, but wasn't sure how they'd set it up. The way you guys posed as a Valorian family ship really changed the way I thought the whole thing would go. Cool. So I'm just giving out XP. I'm giving a, a, a you know, stepping out of the, the email for a second. That's what I wrote, everybody. Uh, and, and I'm handing out XP. So it's, it's, it's down somewhere. It's on email. Hey, how much XP do we get for last game? Boom. It's in an email. Easy peasy. Uh, so it's a nice way to document things. And, you know, the players had an awesome plan. They literally changed the uh, changed how their ship manifest looked, you know, on the computer so that they looked like uh, a family ship within that same fleet uh, of the ship that they were taking. So they were taking Gram- Free Trader Grandma's Trusty Rifle, and they made themselves look like Free Trader Grandma's Wooden Spoon, which is pretty cool. I thought that was a really cool setup. And Jay's character rolled a really good. He rolled like a twelve, which is on t- on two d six, which is pretty damn good. So uh, it was a cool plan, and it changed the way things were going to go. I knew they were going to have a rail gun out of the box. I knew the crew had like futzed with the crates and and had looked to see what was in there, and had been like, you know what, we're pocketing a rail gun. So I knew that they had one out. Um, I didn't know exactly how it was going to go until things shook out and and one npc really got vaporized so uh by the he was the it just so happened that i I put the i put the rail gun in the cargo bay and uh they made a plan the players made a plan and and the plan put the npcs right into the rail gun first go so the first npc through the door just got lit up and it was cool it was fun fun game uh it it was it was interesting uh so my next uh, – the next bold bullet point for this email is NPCs. 
Uh, Wit and I had a miscommunication about the Gudradim hunter who works for the Valerius family. She is not the traitor Strashan is hunting. She's a different person altogether. Sorry for the confusion. Okay, so this is one of those things of when you go step away from a game for two years and you come back to it, there are going to be miscommunications. Uh, the, the crime family they're dealing with uh, hi- has hired uh, a badass, cannibal, genetically modified hunter. And, and Wit's character, my friend Wit, uh, who I've known since college uh, and gamed with since then, is, is also from that planet. And they're known to be badasses. They're known to be cannibals. Uh, they're, they're, they're bred for the hunt, right? So... It was cool. So Wit thought that that character, that the NPC was a different person. And we had this weird miscommunication and I had to clear it up. That's how I cleared it up. And I think this is just part and parcel of of stepping away from our game for for two years and then coming back to it. Uh, If we ever have a game where we have absences and don't want to move on without everyone present, we can play a game aboard the free trader Mubarak, the haunted ship under Captain Agrippa Horatius. So cool thing about this last session is that they, they took the ship. Some, some of the characters were still alive. So they changed what the ship's readouts were and changed it to Free Trader Mubarak and said, listen, you guys are going to get killed by that crime family if they ever find out that you lost all this cargo. Uh, make yourself scarce and we will contact you with a mission from our, our company, which is cool. They now have this kind of black book ship that isn't listed anywhere so that's kind of cool and i thought it'd be cool to play a game as that crew so if we ever have a game where not everybody can make it awesome we'll we'll play a game with uh, under captain agrippa horatius that's fun awesome uh the next bullet point is called beep boop mechanics i want to write up buying things using astral dragon money inspired by the burning wheels resource dice Making tech in the lab, inspired by the Savvy Head workplace and move in Apocalypse World. Experience point lists, inspired by Blades in the Dark. And ammo checks, inspired by the usage die in old school D&D games. So, Stars Without Number is awesome. I love it. But it's definitely a toolkit, and it's definitely got some places where I feel like I need some more mechanics to back me up. And those are all, all the areas that I just mentioned are areas where... Uh, that I feel like I need. Um, yeah, I just feel like I need to design some more stuff, which is fun. This is all easy stuff to do. Uh, it's not difficult, and I'm enjoying it. But I also want that to be a conversation with the players. What I usually do is, is I make a, I have a Google Doc with like stuff, stars without number stuff on it, and I send it to them, and I'm like, hey, what do you guys think? And we we thumbs up or thumbs down it together. Um, I just want to make sure that it's a conversation and not a... I don't know, not a GM from upon his throne. That's not really the way I GM. That's not the way I lead. That's not the way I manage. That's not the way I really do anything. So, you know, I, I'll, I'll do the work and I'll, I'll put that stuff together. But I definitely like to talk to the players and, and see what they're thinking. Because there's a lot of good game design heads uh, at this table. Cool. Loot is the next bullet point. You got over a dozen crates containing the parts 
for six complete storm armors, armors as worn by the Guevaran Hegemony Space Marine squads, along with diagnostic support stations and replacement parts. These are the type of armor worn by the Lolita Space Marines during the Battle of Forest 164 and the bloodiest battle against the Crick. There currently are not any companies nor governments producing these in this system. In most systems, using these in acts of violence without the proper paperwork is considered an act of terrorism. Keeping these in fighting shape is really difficult. Space Marine squads have three warfare engineers for every one door-kicking devil dog wearing one of these brutal machines on the battlefield. There will be mechanics to show this. So again, I mean, they've got these awesome Space Marine badass armors, right? State of the badass art, as a science fiction character once said. And I want to show that. And I want to show that if you're, if you're walking around in a wearable tank, uh, you're going to need someone with expertise to keep that thing going. So there will be, uh, there will be wear and tear and, and it will take, you know, time and, and expertise and money to keep them up. Uh, so I want the players to use them. I want them to have their badass space Aristia moments, but I don't want it to just be, I don't want to say I don't want to make it easy. I want it to feel real. I want it to feel like you've got a tank and you've got to keep it up to date. Um, I think modern warfare would, would, wouldn't, that wouldn't be easy. And it would take a lot of smarts to keep that stuff up. You know, there's a lot of support personnel that goes into modern warfare. And sci-fi warfare would be even more. And uh, then I wrote a little PS and I said, it looks like that armor pick is by Kai Lim. And I'll... Uh, I'll put a link. I'm going to post this as a blog post, and I'll put a link to the letter so you can read along if you'd like. But, yeah, that's kind of just like my post-game email. Uh, I also wrote an email to my friend Wit. I felt like we were having a miscommunication. I'll talk about that more once he and I have it ironed out. I don't want to talk about like something that's happening as it's happening. It's kind of shitty to do to everybody involved. But it was a good game. It was fun, and and I liked it. And, uh, but I feel like I just wanted to communicate some stuff after the game was over and I wanted to talk about what I was, what I needed to design and, and, you know, kind of get what's coming next. What I'll probably do in a follow-up email is say, okay, guys, what, what do you want to do next? You know, uh, I don't think we're going to be able to play for a couple of weeks. So let's like pick a, you know, which Sunday works for you guys, who's going to be able to make it and, and what do we want to do for our mission? Cause there are a couple different things they can do. So I'm curious to see what they're going to choose. And it allows me to do some prep and to daydream. You know, that's a key part of GMing, I think. Maybe even a key part of gaming. Really a key part of life is, is daydreaming about what comes next. You know, do your prep, write some stuff down, get down what you need to get down. But the other thing I like to do, so I don't, maybe that's why I don't often feel like I'm improving so much. We're going off the cuff. Is I, I I think about the game. I just daydream about it, and that helps. Uh, it helps me f- figure it out. And and very often, what I daydreaming about isn't what happens, but it helps me fill in the holes and, and fill in what's what's going on. So that's what's up. Uh, it was a cool game. The players pirated a ship from their rivals, the Valurian space crime, you know, crime family. And uh, it was good. It was a good time. Uh, Mubarak died. And it was, one thing I liked about the game, too, is my friend Jay 
had his character kind of have an emotional reaction to an NPC dying. You know, he said, you know, I've known this guy for years. Uh, I, I, I've been on a bunch of, you know, a bunch of different planets with him. And now he's dead. And a cool thing that he did was is he changed the ship's name. When he had to change the ship's name so it wasn't trackable, he changed it to the Free Trader Mubarak as, a, as to honor him, which I thought was pretty amazing. That was a fun, fun moment, kind of an emotional core. And it's something I like. I don't mind playing with characters who are badasses or who are killers or whatever, as long as there's some, there's got to be some glimmer of humanity that I can grip onto. There's got to be something real there. It can't just be, you know, serial killers on a, ser- on a killing spree. That's not fun for me. I need something there that, that keeps it real so that I can, you know, have some kind of emotional uh, connection to these guys. And, and Jay's character kind of having an emotional reaction and, and to an NPC dying and, and saying, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor this guy was cool. It was a lot of fun. And, of course, it's always fun to just see the characters blow through airlocks and, and, and get killing. That's also cool. So fun times. All right. Good stuff. Let's see what the inspiration goat has for us this week. And before we get to the inspiration goat, one more thing. If you have post-game communications that you do, tell me what you do. Is there something you say before you leave the table? Is there something you try to communicate? Is there something you say in your post-game emails or post-game texts or whatever it is? You know, when the game is over, what do you do? Tell me. Talk to me. I'm curious to hear your, your rituals. Uh, the post-game email is something I do. Sometimes uh, it felt like it was needed after this game, and, and a lot of things were rattling around in my head. But I am curious to hear yours. So let me, before we get to the Inspiration Goat, I just wanted to say, hold up, Inspiration Goat. Hey, guys, w- what are you thinking? Uh, what, what do you do after your games to, to communicate all the weird little things you have to communicate? And even if it's just to plan the next game, uh, which is something I didn't put in this email that I probably should have. Uh, how do you get that out? You know, what do you say? How do you structure it? Anything, anything you're thinking. I'd love to hear it. Hear it. All right, let's get to inspiration. Ooh, good one. Good one. Inspiration go. So we're going to be talking about the Raven tower by Anne Leckie. And I actually did something I don't usually do. Uh, I, I listened to the audiobook before I read the book. Not usual for me, but I, I really needed to, to – I really wanted to listen to this book, and, and my commutes were, were dragging on me, so I, I grabbed it. The uh, narrator is uh, – the reader and narrator is uh, Adjoa Ando, and she was incredible. So good stuff. Uh, if, you're, if you like audiobooks, if that's your thing, check it out. And what The Raven Tower gets me thinking about – is gods, right? How does that work? Is it just a mystery? Uh, another author you might want to check out, The Inspiration Go, didn't bring this to me this time, but if you've ever read Max Gladstone's The Craft Sequence, another really cool way of seeing gods. And, and it got me, th- Anne Leckie's book got me thinking about The Craft Sequence because. It got me thinking about 
deities and prayers and power. And if the way gods work in your world is transactional, right? If they get a certain amount of power by having a certain amount of people do a certain ritual, then it's going to start, you got to figure it's going to start pretty straightforward, right? You know, there's, there's a bunch of folks gathering around a god and they're doing a dance around the god and the god gets power for it and gives the people their, their protection, okay? But eventually, like I feel like any kind of economics or economic theory, it's going to get heinously complicated in a cool way, right? And I don't know too much about economics. I'm not saying I do. But I'm saying if you want to see how things can get complicated, that is the real world, you know, the real world inspiration you can go to. Be like, okay, you know, this is transactional. How do human transactions get nuts? How do they get complicated? How do they get predatory? Uh, How do people take advantage of other people in ways that they don't see coming? How do things crash? You know, is there, are there economic crashes? Are there ups and downs? Are there times where the gods just lose their power because things are invested in one area or another, like a stock market? Nuts. Check out The Craft Sequence by Matt Gladstone. Check out The Raven Tower by Anne Leckie. It's really good stuff. It will get you thinking about gods in different ways. Uh, one of the things I really want to do in my, in my D&D hack is, is have it be possible to become a god. Uh, and of course, starting as like a demigod and then, you know, raising in power. But I'm, I'm thinking that it's one of the things that in the game that's going to happen is you're going to, the group is going to level up. Uh, it's not that, it's not going to be a thing where the, where each player gets a certain amount of XP, the table is going to get XP and then they can decide where to put those levels. So you can put the levels into character levels. Hey, you know, we've got three levels and three characters, everybody level up, right? Or you can put those levels into uh, a place. Hey, we've got our home base. We've got our chapter house. We've got our cathedral. We've got our fort. We're going to build it up with our XP. Boom. Our fort is now somewhat better. Cool. Good stuff. So that's one way to do it. The other way to do it is to just dump all your XP into one person, right? And just be like, this person is our one shot. They are our Messiah. They are our living God. They're going to become something special. We as a community are going to invest in them. And I think that's a neat idea. And, and I had it before uh, when I thought about My idea is having the XP be kind of like a bingo sheet where you've got different things on the bingo sheet and you fill out the bingo sheet. And then when you go, when you get bingo, that's a level and you can put that level wherever you want. So I like the idea of being able to put those levels where you want to put them. And one of the things you can do is just put them towards one character. So you get one character who's a deity. Right. Which is interesting when you get when you backtrack and you look at my other things that I'm thinking about for this D&D hack where 
if, if death is a physical manifested thing that comes, what happens when you've got a deity with you and death comes for one of your characters? And the deity can say, no, 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 back off, back off, right? Because suddenly that, that entity has almost an equal, right? So I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, I just love thinking about that kind of stuff. If you get thinking about power structures and, and deities as transactional entities, it, it's going to start simple, and then get very complicated. And, and somebody's going to try to get over at some point. And I like that. I dig that. I dig that a lot. So that's what, I, that's what, that's what the inspiration goes brought for me today. The Raven Tower. Uh, it's really good stuff. Really cool author and lucky. Everything, everything she writes is, is pretty much gold so far. So check out my first... In, you know, introduction to her fantasy. She had a good, great sci-fi series, but this is my first uh, look at her fantasy stuff, and it was really fun, really, really, really fun. And if you like that kind of thing, and you want to go more into it, if you want to see, I mean, I, I, I have a, a a dear cousin who is also a science fiction fantasy geek like me, and her and her husband are lawyers, and I was like, oh, you've got to read the craft sequence because it's pretty much lawyer magic. It's just awesome. Uh, so check that out. I mean, from Max Gladstone's website, uh, set in a phenomenally built world in which lawyers ride lightning bolts, souls are currency, and cities are powered by the remains of fallen gods. It's cool. It's very cool. And, yeah, Max Gladstone and Lecky, Raven Tower. I'll read you the, the blurb for that. Gods meddle in the fates of men. Men play with the fates of gods, and a pretender must be cast down from the throne in this masterful first fantasy novel from Anne Leckie. Good stuff. So much fun. Good stuff to be read out there, folks. What are you reading? What's inspiring you? Hit me up and let me know. All right. I'll talk to you soon. I hope your year is going well. I hope you're ready for the thaw. You'll be able to smell mud soon up in the Northeast. It's coming. It's not here yet. We had snow last night, but it's coming. The mud is coming. If I was going to have a holiday, that would be my holiday. The first day you can smell mud. It's a good day. I hope it's coming soon for you. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. If you've got any comments, got any feedback, if this inspired anything in you, drop me an email. My email is judd.carlman at gmail.com, J-U-D-D dot K-A-R-L-M-A-N at gmail.com. My Twitter is in this. We'll be at the end. My my Mastodon. You can find me on Mastodon. Pretty easy to track down. Track me down, and uh, reply with love and respect. And or you know, send me a message with love and respect, and I will reply in kind. I look forward to hearing from you. All right, talk to you soon. Bye bye.